With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn how to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out and find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, a songwriter, life coach, and wellness advocate, Liz Langston. Hello, hello, everybody. As you can hear in my voice, I have a nice, sexy narration voice today of like a middle-aged man. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I am cracking myself up. I am sick today. Wow, it's really bad. Let me take a drink of water. Hold on. I think that's better, a little better. By the way, the other day, somebody told me, gave me the compliment that I have such a feminine, great podcasting voice. And I thought that was so nice. But today, I don't know what you'd call this voice. Anyway, how's it going? I am so excited to be talking about postpartum panic attacks and anxiety, which honestly sounds like such a scary topic. I mean, at least it does for me. And I've even been through it. It just sounds like, ugh. But really, the tools I'm going to teach you today are going to help you realize that just like a balloon gets really big and pops really loud, it's just air. It's just air inside the balloon. You just have to release the air and it'll deflate. And that's a lot like anxiety. There's just a few things, a few few things, (laughs) a few key things. You like how I don't hardly ever edit out my ridiculous silliness for you? I totally could, but I don't. I leave it in. You're welcome. There's a few key things with anxiety that if you learn them, it's just all good. And honestly, I can't say it's all good as in you're never going to have anxiety, but it just deflates the balloon, right? And chances are, if you have felt anxiety before, you're bound and determined to not ever feel it if you don't have to. But here's the thing I want to tell you is anxiety is kind of like leg hair. (laughs) It's part of our evolution. Okay. And it's not very useful these days. Maybe it was back when bears were chasing us and going to eat us. Although I guess there still are bears that chase human beings, but for the most part, we live in neighborhoods and cities where we're not having actual real life threats of our life. And yet anxiety still flares up and it feels like you're trapped in a virtual reality and that truly things are threatening. Anyway, I don't need to tell you how it feels. I know you know, but I'm just saying, I don't know that the whole point and the point of this podcast isn't to actually root out anxiety of your life. I think it's kind of just built in. It's something that we've inherited from our ancestors and it's just like part of our evolution. That's what my mentor, Brooke Castillo has taught me. The life coach school teaches us that. And I truly buy into that idea. And if you are trying to resist anxiety, it's only growing. And so the whole attitude today is learning how to just take the power from it not necessarily to let it go away, but learning how to be in a position of power with it so that it doesn't feel like it's going to kill you and that you're going to (laughs) die. All right. So I am so thrilled. I love teaching principles by sharing stories because that's how I love learning. Some of my favorite podcasts, the people just tell amazing stories and then teach me some things in the meantime, like in the middle of the story. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to share with you 
a couple different experiences that I had with anxiety, specifically postpartum anxiety. This podcast is going to be helpful for postpartum moms or anyone that just really is having a battle with anxiety. Okay. So I'm going to share a couple of my stories and then weave throughout those some principles and takeaways for y'all. All right. So by the way, it is snowing outside right now. What is it? October 10th. And thank you, Denver. There's four inches of snow on my neighbor's roof. I can see it right now. It's crazy. Denver just keeps you guessing. It's fun. All right. So the first story I want to share with you is in the hospital after my second baby, Rosalind, was born. So what you need to know about me going into this story is that I have three kids, ages five, three, and two. And so at the time that I was telling you this story, I had just had my second. So I had like a 19 and a half month old and then a brand new baby in the hospital. They had already taken me out of labor and delivery. I was in the postpartum realm. I'd been there for like a day or so, and it was getting close to when I should be released that day. It was the day to be released from the hospital, but throughout the day I'd been having a hard time breathing which was, I had no idea why. And I'd been struggling so much that after using some lavender oil to try to calm me down and help me maybe breathe better. And it wasn't, it wasn't just the breathing, right? I just didn't know why I was having a hard time breathing. Really it was anxiety and panic, but I didn't know that. And so I asked for oxygen. I was just so uncomfortable not being able to catch a breath. And I had, like, I guess I, I said, I had no idea what was causing this. I would look at the nurse and be like, uh, does everything look okay down there? <laughs> am I bleeding still? Like, why am I feeling this way? Am I losing blood? I was so clueless. Um, my husband, Abram would sit there and ask me to close my eyes and we would turn the hospital room TV to a nice channel. And we found a channel that had scenic pictures and calming music. And he walked me through some very calming visualizations, like up into the mountains, hiking where everything was serene and beautiful. It was so nice of him, but that was really the only help that I had besides that. And then the oxygen. But what happened was the nurse was concerned about me. So she called my doctor whose office was just around the corner. And he just told her to keep me until a psychologist could come evaluate me which took another eight hours for her to get there. And then a social worker had to come see me before I could go. Anyway, this was all fine. I mean, but I hated it <laughs> at the time, but it's just the system to help prevent people going home and then going nuts. Right. So they were just kind of crossing their T's dotting their I's with a me, but eventually they did release me and let me go home. And they just taught me some things about anxiety and taught me some breathing exercises. And I was like, Oh, okay. I have a little bit of anxiety. Like that was a panic attack. That's what, that's what I was experiencing when I couldn't breathe with the oxygen. Crazy. Right. So I remember that first night back at home in my own bed, I was so relieved to be in my own bed and be able to snack and eat whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. (laughs) But I also remember this daunting fear that, that wouldn't leave. I couldn't shake it. And I didn't even know why I had it or what it was about. But then I I hated the feeling of it and I was afraid to feel the fear. And again, I didn't know what it meant to feel it. I assumed it was probably something bad. Maybe that's why they wouldn't release me from the hospital. I don't know. But my own body and my own mind felt so out of control, unlike anything I'd experienced. And I remember seeing the reflection of the TV screen. My husband was in the other room and I'd asked him to keep the bedroom door open because I was just feeling scared. And I didn't really know why. And it was so overwhelming. Gratefully, the baby was asleep at this point and I had just nursed him. So I was off the hook for a bit, but I couldn't shake this icky, yucky 
feeling. And the more I got scared about what I was feeling, the bigger it grew. And so I ended up having a panic, it kind of turned into a panic attack where I was like, I couldn't really breathe. And I was just so desperate to get out of it. And my body felt out of control. So I called the hotline that they give you in the hospital papers when you leave the hospital, the discharge papers. So that was cool. And I called the hotline and honestly, it was so nice to just talk to someone. And he had me put lemon juice on my tongue. No idea why, maybe to distract me. Uh, I don't know, but honestly it wasn't the lemon juice though. It was just connecting with another human being and not feeling ashamed, but truly feeling like someone was there to guide me through this and to help me. That was so calming just like Abram did in the hospital. Just having another human really help me slow down my thoughts and just look me in the eye and tell me they love me. Anyway, here's the takeaway from this little story that I wanted to tell you. No shame. Okay. When it comes to postpartum anxiety, I tried to hide it uh, from my husband. I didn't want to seem weird or be a burden to him. Also, he didn't understand it, honestly. And sometimes he would jokingly tease me or make comments about how worried I was or how out of control my mind would get. And I would sort of laugh, but also sort of hurt at that time, just because I had no idea what was going on and I wasn't managing my mind at all. I didn't have any tools. Um, but also a lot of times my husband was so there for me. Even if he couldn't fully understand, he would offer to take the baby so I could go on a walk or call a close friend or leave to go on errands by myself, all because I told him or made an effort to tell him how real it was for me. And even if he couldn't understand, he could love me and listen to what I needed. And I could tell him what I needed when there was that open line of communication. So I just want to tell you that shame is something that's going to breed more fear and more isolation and more panic and more anxiety. It's a breeding ground for the anxiety. Whereas love and light and open communication with somebody you love and trust is going to help you take the next step towards healing. I remember because I talked to him, my husband about it. And again, I don't want to downplay the fact that he really doesn't get it. He's really easygoing and he's never really struggled with anxiety at all. So I'm not a special case where, oh, your husband is nice and gets it. Mine doesn't. I had to train him y'all. I had to really help him understand, Hey, when you say that it's not very helpful for me. And, and, um, when you do this, it really helps me and thank you. Thank you. And can we try this? So just so you know, though, that, that love that you've already worked for how many years before you've had babies to cultivate, put that love to work for you and for your anxiety and, teach your husband kind of how to help you, even if he doesn't get it, even if he doesn't know why he loves you and he wants to. I really just want to emphasize that when it comes to postpartum depression and anxiety, your husband can either be a risk factor for you or a protective factor in the, in the world of research, we have risk factors or protective factors. And if you, depending on how you delegate or allow him and teach him how to help you, he can truly be a big support to you. His brain is not in the anxiety like yours is, and he can definitely help you. But if you don't communicate with him and you just think that he doesn't understand and you kind of leave him off to the side, he's less able to understand and less likely to be able to help you in a way that's actually going to be valuable and serve you. So just understand that this is one of those areas where you are a woman. He is a man. You've just had a baby and he has not, his body has not gone through what you've just gone through. And this is part of him 
having a baby, his contribution to raising the baby is helping his wife through the postpartum ups and downs. That's all he needs to know. The rest he'll be like, how can I help? Most likely. And if he doesn't hire me, I will do that for you. (laughs) Okay. So that first experience was the first night I was home from the hospital. This next one is a couple months fast forward from there. So we're still after the birth of my second baby, Rosalind, but just a couple months postpartum. And since having that panic attack and probably a couple smaller ones in between, but since kind of getting used to living with regular anxiety, at least temporarily for the time being at this time, I tried some things to help me manage it and just alleviate it. And I didn't have life coaching and the tools of mind management, but I did have a neighbor who was getting trained to be a yoga teacher. And so every Wednesday night, she'd hold a free yoga class. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. By the way, just a quick pause. When I tell you these stories, they are so sacred to me. I have absolutely no shame or guilt about anything that happened. I was so just trying my best, just learning. It's like a walk down memory lane. And I just want to thank you guys for taking the time and interest to be on the podcast with me listening today. And if any of this helps you, please do go share it with preferably a, a new mom, somebody that's never gone through the vortex of postpartum before and just get this podcast into their hands so that it can help them and prepare them or help them get through anything that they might be facing. Okay. So back to my story, yoga on Wednesday nights with a few of my neighbor ladies. And these ladies were all at least a decade or so wiser than I was when it comes to anxiety. And so it was so nice to just chat with them about their panic attacks they'd ever had or night terrors from their anxiety, just anything that could relate to this. Cause this was such a new experience for me. So that's one really helpful thing is just talking to older women who have lived with anxiety that aren't freaked out about it because it's not new to them and they've learned a lot of ways to manage it. And so one of those women that ran the group, she is beloved to me and she would come over to my house. One time I remember I called her, I was just so freaked out, panicked about something. I don't even know what, but my mind had gotten away from me again. And so I called her to come over and she did Reiki on me, which I still to this day, don't know a ton about chakras and Reiki and energy work, but it was one of the most beautiful, calming, grounding experiences. And again, I think, I don't know how much of it was the actual work she was doing, although I'm open to that stuff, but it was truly just 
her human presence and her hands touching my hands. You know what I mean? And just the love and the connection. And I could feel her desire to help me calm down and, and it worked. It was so powerful. So I'm going to be sharing more stuff later. That's actually in your mind that you can do without the help of any other person. But I can't minimize the fact that when you connect with other women, especially when you're in the postpartum realm, it's just so comforting to be with women, especially older women. They are such a gift to you when you're in this postpartum time because they are calm and grounded because they aren't in it anymore because they have been through it. So finding a couple of those older moms or retired moms that are grandmas now or empty nesters that you can talk to is beautiful. It's a loving, it's a wonderful thing. But anyway, she came over and did Reiki on me and got me to this grounding place and it was awesome. Well, the next morning I was scheduled for a CT scan, a CAT scan, which just was because I had had a cyst that burst in my abdomen somewhere. They don't know where exactly it was. And I, they needed to go check that out because it had been infected. They just wanted to see it all, what was going on. So I had an appointment to go get a CT scan, which I had never done before. And I was scared. I was scared about it. And then Again, I didn't have the awareness that I was scared. I think I was resisting maybe the fact that I was afraid of that. I don't really know, but all I do know is that I was sweeping the floor after breakfast that morning and all of a sudden I felt like I was going to die. And it wasn't just all of a sudden. I think there was just a lot of it that I didn't have awareness about. There was stuff happening that got me to the all of a sudden point where it was now it was urgent it was panic and it was scary and I felt like I was going to die. So one takeaway just right here is the more awareness you can have about what your thoughts are and how those thoughts are making you feel, the more likely you are to be able to catch your anxiety and manage it while it's still manageable before it goes into full panic. And the work to cultivate that awareness, one tool you can use is just doing a thought download. So literally just taking a piece of paper and a pen or talking it out loud or writing it on your computer, it doesn't really matter where and getting all your thoughts down on paper, but understanding that your thoughts create your feelings and anxiety isn't just something that happens to you. You have thoughts that create feelings. And then when you either don't want to feel those feelings or you resist them, or you're not aware of the thoughts that are going unattended, just creating all these feelings, it kind of bubbles up inside of you. And that's when it feels like it's getting away from you. And I'm going to talk more about that in a minute, but anyway, this is what happened to me that morning. And I remember I had to sit down on our bed. I just sat on our master bed and I was just not breathing well. And I truly was convinced. I kind of laugh about it now, but I was convinced that I was internally bleeding that I thought, okay, I just feel like I'm going to pass out. I feel like I can't breathe. I'm short of breath. I must be internally bleeding. (laughs) That was the logical, as logical as I could get in that moment. And I don't want to be, I don't want to say this to make fun of anybody, any one of you guys who might be in this phase where those are the conclusions you jump to. I'm sharing this to let you know that that was me too. And postpartum anxiety, this is how it gets. You just kind of get off on these crazy journeys in your head about the worst case scenarios. And that was one of these moments for me. And my husband sat next to me on the bed and he was kindly trying to calm me down. And I was having nothing to do with it because I was life or death. I'm probably bleeding internally. That's what this has got to be. It must be a hemorrhage related to the birth of my child that they didn't catch in the hospital. And that's why I've been having all these panic attacks. And now it's, it's coming to a climax and I'm just going to die and whatever. And he was like trying to tell me that maybe it's your anxiety. And I 
just yelled at him. I was like, call the ambulance. So he did (laughs) as a obedient husband who is like, she's not going to take this from me. She's going to have to just see this for herself. And the people got there, the ambulance guys, the paramedics, and they did all my vitals. And of course they asked me, do you, have you ever had anxiety? Do, Do you think this could maybe be that? So anyway, after I got the CT scan, which it all went fine, I went to see a urologist to talk about the results. And he was the first medical professional I'd seen since all this had been happening, since I left the hospital. I hadn't thought to go get checked out, to maybe ask my OB to help me or anything. I just didn't know. Honestly, I was just so unaware and I was so in it. I hadn't thought about how not normal this was and how crazy it all had been. And so the urologist was the first person to point out, Hey, maybe go get this looked at. Maybe go talk to your OB about anxiety and depression. Maybe that's what this is. Postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety type of thing. So that was the beginning of my journey to awareness, to education about postpartum anxiety and depression. And that was kind of the beginning of when I started to get help and healing. I had done some managing on my own, but once I connected with my OB and I actually requested to see the PA, she was a woman and she had had like six kids and she was, had been on antidepressants at the time or maybe before. And so she was really able to talk me through it from woman to woman, which was really nice. But anyway, that's kind of where my postpartum anxiety started to tone down because I just started learning more about it. I got some medication and I was able to go from there. So here are the main takeaways that I'm going to deliver in a way that will be tailored to you today. If you've been following me this past week on Instagram, I've been putting little tidbits in my stories and in my posts. We've been talking about postpartum panic attacks and anxiety all week, but these tools I have reserved for the podcast because they're my favorite and they're just the best. And I, I like to expound upon them in a way that just doesn't work on stories because people's attention spans are short, right? Like we don't want to get on stories and go through a webinar. We just want to get on stories and check out how people are doing, get a little tidbit and keep moving. So I love these tools. Here we go. The first one is that the feeling of fear or panic or anxiety any negative feelings for that matter, are not actually threatening. It's literally just a sensation in your body sent from your brain to your nerves to be felt and create a sensation because of a perceived threat of some kind. Emotions are just that. They are sensations in your body. When I learned this, it stopped me from going into the cycle that leads to a panic attack. So here is the panic attack cycle. And this is like kind of a map that you can use to gain a little bit more leverage over your mind and your body and your emotions when you're in the middle of something like this. First, you think a thought that brings a negative feeling. And this is why I talked about doing a thought download and working on your awareness of your thoughts, which working with a life coach will totally do that for you too, but you don't have to work with a life coach to gain more awareness of your thoughts. I remember not having a coach and just trying to, whenever I felt a feeling, I would go back and think, Oh, what made me feel that? And I would just try to find sentences in my brain. Cause that's all it ever is just a sentence in your brain that was creating that feeling. So 
The first step is you think a thought that brings a negative feeling, creates a negative feeling. For example, in my case, what if I get stuck in the CT machine, <laughs> the, the CAT scan machine? Okay. The second step is you're, you're not aware that you've just thought this thought and you don't know that you created it. And so you feel a negative feeling from this thought and you don't know why. Okay. So then the third step is you make the negative feeling mean bad or scary things, or you just get scared of the bad feeling, which makes more of negative feelings within you. Cause now you've got the first fear that you had about whatever the stimulus was. And then you've got the second one on top of that, like fear of feeling such big fear. The more of the negative feeling you have, the more you resist and hate how it feels or are confused about why you feel it and resist it. That's when you are at the mercy of the entire situation. You're not in a position to get out of it. You feel trapped within and it just escalates from there and you're into a panic attack. So if you continue to resist negative feelings, you don't get to get out of them. So the whole solution here is to just learn how to allow your feelings. And we're going to go through that in just a minute. Learning to understand where emotions come from and knowing how to actually feel them and allow them and not resist them or avoid them makes all the difference. But specifically with anxiety, it's resistance. It's the resistance of the emotions, pushing back against them with more negative emotions saying, no, I don't want to feel that. No, that's too scary. Or, oh my gosh, that feeling feels scary. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is when it grows and blows up in your face. So in that spirit, I will share the following with you. There are four things you can do with an emotion. Every way you handle any of your emotions, it always goes into one of these four categories. I promise test that. The first one is you either react to it. I'll explain that in a second. You resist it. You avoid it, the emotion, or you allow the emotion. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So, first, reacting. When you are reacting to an emotion, you act it out. It takes over you. You react to it. You react to it. You're acting it out. Okay. So for example, your child throws a Lego at his sister's head. She cries. It hit her pretty hard. She's in pain. She cries. You think a thought like, remember, see, I'm doing the thought first. It's always a thought that creates the first initial feeling at the bottom of your panic cycle. So you think a thought and that thought is, this is absolutely unacceptable. 
And that thought makes you feel rage bubbling up inside of you. And it's fast and it's going up like an elevator and it's hot and it just feels like it wants to escape out of your mouth. And instead of just feeling the rage and stopping there and just letting it be in you and not reacting to it, you get it out of you. You release the emotion by reacting to it. We're not releasing it in a constructive way by talking ourselves down or taking a walk outside and taking a breath or whatever and letting it simmer or just sitting with the emotion and being okay that we're feeling it, but not needing to react to it. We react. This is me to a T like before my life with coaching and even sometimes still, but a lot before coaching, I was a hothead because I just didn't know that you could just not react. You, I would just react. And so you either yell or you grab your son roughly and take him to his room, right? Like whatever reacting to rage looks like for you. So that's reacting to an emotion. Next we have resisting. You can either react or resist. So let's say your kids keep bugging each other back and forth and you think a thought like that's so annoying and you feel annoyance, but you don't want to get in the middle of it. You're tired. You don't want to have to talk to them. So you just resist the annoyance and you just try not to be annoyed. And what usually happens when we resist an emotion and kind of deny ourselves, talk ourselves out of trying to feel it, not in a way where we actually don't feel it and we transition to something else, but we just like, just don't want to look it in the face. We're like, no, I'm not going to deal with this right now. Usually it ends up coming out later somehow. Like we explode in a few minutes after we've been resisting and it has more power over us when we resist. So there's reacting, there's resisting. There's avoiding, which is pretty simple, right? Just you feel an emotion and you don't want to feel it. So you go eat or you feel a different emotion. You go watch a movie, you go chew on some food and swallow it. And then you're feeling different sensations than the one that you don't want to feel, whether it's shame or grief or sadness or loneliness or self-pity, whatever it is, there's ways to, there's plenty of ways in our world today to avoid an emotion, but you're basically just delegating it to some future moment. If you're not going to deal with it, if you're just going to avoid with it, you're basically asking yourself to do this later. We think we're getting out of it. It feels like release in the minute when we go find something else to feel and do, but truly you're just delegating it to your future self. So then you've got allowing The last way to respond to an emotion that will help you the most with your anxious moments is allowing it. This is everything. And in fact, this is the rest of the podcast is simply to teach you how to allow an emotion. This is the foundation to not floating away in a balloon of anxiety and panic attacking (laughs) is just learning how to allow an emotion. And then the next step, which I don't teach in this podcast episode, but which is the point of life coaching is to be able to manage your thoughts in a way that you don't even feel the feeling in the first place. Not that you're trying to feel happy feelings all the time, but just having ultimate awareness and ability to guide your thoughts to whatever you want them to be in any moment so that you can feel and act how you want to in your life and get the results you want ultimately. But as a starting point for where you might be, if you're listening to this episode, you're probably just feeling the feelings because you don't have all that mental awareness yet, which none of us do. This isn't taught to us in schools. We aren't born with understanding our brains and how to use them. And unfortunately, 
yeah, like the school system doesn't exactly teach us this. It teaches us some great things, but this isn't one of them. And so mind management can come later, but for now, emotional management is going to be the trick to stopping the cycle of buildup with anxiety and panic attacks. So this can also be tricky though, in moments when we're doing things that tend to be hard for us, this whole allowing an emotion when it's really negative. So I would offer, if you're just new to this work, maybe start with a positive emotion and practice really allowing a positive emotion. Maybe you're just really happy because your baby just did something or said something that you've been teaching him and just allowing work on really feeling what that feels like. So this is how it looks like. Hey, The first step to allowing an emotion is you just notice the feeling. If you want to, you can try and find the thought behind it. But again, that's kind of next level. First, you can just go into your body and find the feeling. So step one is just notice the feeling, which is pretty easy. You basically do that without trying, right? Although sometimes you don't, especially if you are in the habit of resisting or avoiding emotions, it might be hard for you to find the feeling before it gets so big that it's in your face and you're freaking out. So maybe just take a day and have your whole assignment for that day or an hour of the day, have your assignment be to just notice feelings that you're feeling every single feeling you can think of. Maybe write it down if that helps or tell someone or keep a feelings chart But the point here is to cultivate awareness of your feelings. Then you're going to step two is go into your body and find it. Where is this feeling hanging out? If there was a thermo thermo map of your body, where would this emotion be seen on that map? What color would the emotion be? If it were a color, what does it feel like? And I want you to imagine if you were describing it to an alien who had never felt this particular emotion, what would you say? How would you describe it without just saying, Oh, it's just the feeling. (laughs) How would you describe it? Is it hot? Is it pointed or is it dull? Is it achy or sharp? Is it fast or slow? Is it moving up? Is it moving down? Is it lodged somewhere like in your jaw or your chest? Is it bright or dark feeling? Okay. And you don't have to do all of those questions, but those are just to give you some ideas for how to really First, you identify that you're feeling something, you go into your body and find where it is, and then you describe to yourself, how does it feel? Then last but not least is you make the decision to just allow the emotion. And here's why allowing an emotion is a place of authority. I want you to imagine a king or a queen sitting on their throne you know, and it's Tuesday, I guess. And on Tuesdays, all the people of the court bring in all the business that the King and queen needs to approve. And this one guy from the townspeople is like, Hey, so-and-so country to our East wants to import their watermelons through our borders. How do you feel about that? And the King or the queen says, yes, I will allow those watermelons. Or they say, No, I do not allow those watermelons. Um, And they get to choose. We get to choose whether we allow or want or don't want to allow. Now, that example isn't quite the same because hopefully if the king and queen say no, we don't allow the watermelons, the other country wouldn't import them. But with our emotions, when they're already there, 
trying to say, no, I don't allow this feeling to happen right now. No, I don't want to feel fear. No, I don't want to feel panic or anxiety or whatever it is. When we disallow and say no to something that is already happening, we lose our authority. So let's say going back to the Kings and Queens and townspeople, let's say this townsperson guy says, well, I got some bad news for you. Uh, they're already importing the watermelons. They've been doing it now for a couple of months and it's going really great. Or maybe he's like, and I'm a little concerned about some people that are eating way too much watermelon, whatever the case may be, but let's say it's already happening. The King and the Queen have a choice. They can take a bunch of energy and push back and resist. And maybe there's some moral reasons for that, or they can just allow it. But for you, friend, are there any moral reasons to not feel fear? I don't think so. And honestly, it's when we think we're entitled to being happier or comfortable in our feelings more of the time than life gives us that we get ourselves into trouble because then our negative emotion is we see it as negatively. So it's when you just allow the negative and realize that the point of this experience is to experience both negative and positive emotion. My mentor, Brooke Castillo calls it the 50, 50 rule. There's 50% positive, 50% negative, no matter how much money you're making, no matter what state you live in, no matter where you were born, no matter anything, you're going to experience 50% positive, 50% negative. No matter how nice your life looks on social media, no matter how many opportunities you were given when you were a teenager versus other people, you're still going to experience the gamut of positive and negative. It's built into this existence. And so when we resist the emotions, we're wishing them away. We're losing our place of power. We're taking energy that could be used, allowing the emotion, and we're fighting against it. Here's the interesting thing is if you allow an emotion and you truly decide to welcome the emotion like a friend or an acquaintance, not because you want it to stay forever, not because you actually like it, but because you're choosing to just allow it from a position of authority over your mind and body, it dissipates eventually. Think about times when you have felt the strong negative emotion. You, you know, this is true. Like, and if you don't already, if you haven't experienced this, pay attention to this. When you resist a feeling, it gets worse. It backfires and gets bigger. Okay. But when you allow it, it eventually dissipates. So if you can just learn to be with your emotions long enough and just not fight against the system of life, they'll dissipate. Again, this is the first step to this work. The second step is learning how to think in a way that leaves you feeling how you want to feel. But I will tell you, even in that work of life coaching, where you run models, we call them and really get leverage over your brain and your thoughts. Even then it's still, you're supposed to feel negative emotion. And so if nothing else you take away from today, just know that nothing has gone wrong here with your postpartum struggles whether it's depression, anxiety, whether it's just some baby blues, whether there's some serious panic attacks that have you feeling like it's crazy, nothing's gone wrong. That being said, I hope these tools will offer you some relief and a feeling of more power. But right now, where you are, 
Start by just allowing your emotions and you will find that they don't blow up in your face and run away from you and backfire and get really big and feel out of control. That's my gift to you today. If you want regular help implementing this work, you can hire me as your personal life coach and I will be there in your mind, in your head every week to help you implement these tools and many, many more to help you not only navigate this postpartum time, but truly just have the life you want to live. And so if you're interested in possibly having a life coach like me, the first step is just to book a consult. I offer a 60 minute free consult where we figure out where you are and what you love or hate about where you are. And then where you want to be in your struggles, where you want to get, and not just your struggles friend, but your life. One of my passions and the reason I wanted to coach postpartum moms specifically is because I don't only want to help you through your struggle, but I'm on to who you can be in this life and your leadership and your potential and that vision. But I know for certain that right now, what you need is just to get a handle on all your symptoms and the things you're going through. And so I can for sure do that as well. So consult link, the booking link is in profile. Have an amazing weekend and I will talk to you next week. Take care. Hey, Liz here. When I was struggling as a mom of three littles, it was actually a podcast just like this that a friend shared with me that woke me up to getting the help I needed. Please consider sharing a favorite episode with a friend or leave me a review on iTunes to help other moms find the help they need here too. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.